good to be with you this morning. And just one thing, a note on the um, care pregnancy uh, thing that the pastor was saying. One thing that I've been doing through the years is just saving my change and rolling it and passing it on. Uh, I just give it to uh, Debbie Fountain, who's up home. She's our mail lady. But, um, and I think I used to pick it up from here and take it out too, to her. But uh, that's just something easy. If you got some spare change laying around, I know people like Chair and Steve that have kids, so change is usually gone. But uh, you would be surprised how much change you accumulate over, well, maybe not so much now because everything's your card. Yeah, well, if you have some extra change home, you got, don't know what to do with it, roll it and give it to me and I'll take it to them for the, for the prayer center. Also, I did want to mention, I heard from uh, Roger this morning, and Roger, he sent me a picture. He has taken a tumble off of his four-wheeler. And did you see the picture? No. Well, anyway, his arm is a mess. And he's not able to make it this morning. So let's just go to prayer. I'm going to ask the pastor to pray, uh, to pray for Roger. I should have mentioned it as you opened a prayer. But, uh, yeah, as soon as Lee looked at it, he said, I know what he's done. He's fell off of his four-wheeler. But, uh, and that's just what happened, whether it fell on him or whether he fell off. But he's all gashed, and, and uh, it, it's not good. And pray that no infection sets in because he's got large gashes. I've got pictures if anybody wants to see them. I didn't know whether he had sent them to the church or... I see he's probably sent them to me because he sends me everything. Does he really? Yeah. So, anyway, Pastor, if you want to pray for Roger right now. Alright. Please bow your heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you again seeking prayer for our brother Roger as he's dealing with an injury he sustained from taking a tumble on a four-wheeler as far as we know, God. God, we ask that you would be present with him and that you would give to him a speedy and swift recovery, a full recovery. And that you would be with him to help him if there's pain, God. It's not an easy thing. It's especially not an easy thing for Roger right now, given the season that it is, God. He wants to be out in those woods. He wants to be out enjoying that life. So, God, we ask that you would be with him, that you would make it known that he is being prayed for and that you would pour out your blessing and mercy upon him. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. You know, coming down this morning, I remarked to Lee as we were going by the water over by the harbor, how the cloud, it was just glass. The clouds were shining down on the water, and you could have took a picture of the ocean and took a picture of the sky, and you wouldn't have known which was which, because they were shadowing each other. Or, no, that's not the word I'm looking for, but they were, anyway. But it was absolutely beautiful. And uh, what a good time of year. It's, it's Thanksgiving, you know, we're coming into that season, and it seems like God's earth is just lit up. And uh, enjoy the beauty this week. The leaves have fallen fast due to, I'm assuming, drought. And, uh, you know, just enjoy what, what God has for us. I'm going to ask Charity to come up and uh, to lead the singing because I'm struggling here a little. And so, sis, if you would come up, we're going to stand and say, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. There's an orange mic underneath the pulpit.
with buttons. What? I'm glad. I'm just trying to mess, make sure this is.
they always have a little uh, quotation from somebody. And it said, it's a good thing God chose me before I was born. Because he wouldn't have chose me afterwards. It was Charles Spurgeon who wrote that. And I kind of giggled to myself and thought, you know, it's a good thing God didn't choose me before I was born. Because he may not have afterwards. Sometimes we're not very nice to the Lord. Amen. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord.
Um, and she didn't want to go, but she went because this woman and her son always went to everything, her and Katie, and they did things together. She went, when she got there, she says, I didn't want to sit down. She said, especially her mom, this lady's mom, kept saying, come sit by me, Tom, man. goes, no, that's okay, I'm fine, I can stand here. And that, and she said, I played baseball with kids because they were short, didn't want to, I was tired. But she said, everything kept going, and, and my mind just kept going, leave, leave, leave. But she said, the mom made a comment to the others there, I'm not going to have Thanksgiving because your dad and I are older, we don't want a chance getting COVID. Four days later, the lady called Amanda and said, my mom has COVID. Now she's doing okay, but it meant for two weeks, Amanda and Caden had to isolate. This woman who was a teacher had to isolate and notify all her students and that. But God be praised, none of them got it. Amen. God, but I said to Amanda, I said, you know, that wasn't your subconscious. That's How right. She says, I know my he, he was there for, and I just want to pray his name. He's there for us if we listen. That's right. That's me, and the outcome's always good. That's but right. But he's there. He but he's always got that. But we have to listen, and sometimes, yeah, I'm, I'm like a lot of people, I'm stubborn, I want to do my own thing. <laughs> but he's there for us. He That's right. Listen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we think God, is, it's not God that's talking to us. It is just our foolish mind, but we have to listen and hear the Lord. You know, here this spring when, when we had all gone to Florida, Charity and I had gone into the American um, Pavilion, I guess it was called, wasn't it? And uh, they had the, they have a bunch of singers there. Do you know what the name of the singers are called? Uh, the Voices of Liberty. And they dress in the, in the old style clothes and when they start singing it's just absolutely beautiful. And they're in a big circle, and the people are all kind of sitting around on the outskirts, you know, watching them. Well, her and I went in, Sheldon and Lee have to sit outside, and we love music, so we just stepped inside and started listening. And towards the end of, the, of their program, they sung, uh, Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory, wasn't it? And they told the story how, how that song was written, but it didn't have very nice words in it. And somebody had, you remember who the guy was, or the woman who was, who had rewrote, had rewrote the song. And they started singing, and the harmonies, it was just so beautiful. Well, her and I walked out, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and we both had tears running down our eyes, and I kind of giggled to myself, and I said, here we are, two Canadians, in the American embassy, not embassy, but in the American pavilion, listening to a song that was written probably for the Civil War, My Eyes Have Seen the Glory of the Coming of the Lord. And as we sung this song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. No matter where we are, we need to be a sanctuary for God and have our hearts tender to his, to his words. I mean, we were just having a ball going through there and got in there and, and God just swept over us and, and both of us come out just to crying and, you know, and we looked at each other and thought, what is people thinking? And we kind of just walked by Sheldon and Lee because they would have said, what have you folks done? But God had just spoke to the both of us. The words just came, oh, it was just, man, you couldn't have stood there without, I think, crying yourself. It was just absolutely beautiful. And I thank the Lord that no matter where I am or where I go, that his presence is always with me. Amen. 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 Anyone else?
we do um, almost every Saturday night a family movie night at the house. And uh, we normally do something. We'll sit and watch a movie. We'll, we'll have a snack. Last night we were making cookies. And uh, I got to have a moment where little Melanie is standing on the flower bucket next to me. And Tracy could barely, barely keep herself from laughing because I'm not a singing person. But me and Melanie are sitting there singing You're Welcome from Moana at the top of our lungs while we're making cookies. And just the joy in this little kid, it, it, it was really nice to have a moment where there isn't panic, there isn't people in conflict constantly. For that one little moment, we were just, we didn't care what was going on, we were at peace, we were having fun. And I'm grateful for, for that little moment. Amen. So. Sometimes we just have to make ourselves slow down and enjoy what God has given us. And if you have a little child anywhere close, just look in their eyes and see the joy that they, that they give. It's, it's, it's just beautiful. Don't want to leave anybody out? Okay, we're going to sing uh, the doxology. And uh, I kind of went with a Thanksgiving theme this year. Out this year, oh my word, uh, this week. And uh, so it's 624 in the white. 624, most everybody knows it anyway. But, uh, Actually, I've heard it 
uh, from a group off of Daystar, and I thought, man, that would be nice, but that was years ago. Well, <laughs> you guys done a nice job anyway. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I do want to mention that next Sunday is Thanksgiving Sunday, and uh, we always uh, bring our wares in for our pastor and his family. And so if you've got, you know, anything like homemade jam that you've made or homemade pickles or or I know mom's made chow or Pie. or you've, uh, you know, had a garden and got any vegetables or, you know, they can always use flour. I know none of us have a mill at home that we make our own flour, but you can always buy it at the store. Sugar, you know, whatever you think the pastor and his family could use. And... Um, I know Tracy was sharing with me here the other week that when COVID hit, she had used a lot of her things that she had stored up and they hadn't replenished. And she said, Val, I kind of went into fear a little bit, but you know what? She said, God provided. And uh, get her to tell you the story sometime. They had people come to the door and to give them money. And uh, am I allowed to say this, Pastor? We had um, a guy in Halifax. And I have no idea who he is. Like, I've never met him. I've never seen him a day in my life. A lady who went to the church that we came from when I was a youth pastor, she goes, uh, I need your email address. This guy wants to send you something. And for like three weeks, he just kept sending us money pretty much every day. And it was like, I, I don't, dude, dude, I don't know why you're doing this. And she's like, no, no, no. God's laid it on his heart. He wants to help you. And... I went, I emailed him and I thanked him and he's like, no, no need to thank me. Don't, don't worry about that. Take care of your family. Do what you're doing. Yeah. And it was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like I've. But God provided. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The bottom oh, yeah. line, God provided. They even had a knock came at the door and a man come and handed them a sum of money. He, he literally just walked up. He knocks on the door and he goes, this is for you. No questions. No arguments. Got in his car and drove off. God is a good God. So, he really is. And nothing can stop him we were, getting his yeah. blessings to his people. You know? It, yeah. it was it, it, it was kind of crazy because Tracy was starting to go into panic and all of a sudden we get this phone call out of the blue. Yeah. And it's this person saying, here it is. And she's like, well, they don't. Need, we can't find this, this, or this. And it would show up. Yeah. And it's like, there. You can't get a clearer sign than this. God is active. That's right. And... I know some people would tell me if they're listening to this, they'd say, oh, no, that's just coincidence. No, coincidence is our way of turning around nine times out of ten and saying, we don't want to believe. So, Amen. it, it was crazy. That's I just want to say, Val, that nothing crazy about it, Pastor. No, that's right. God has his hand in all of our lives. That's right. No. And this past week, um, well, we had to make a decision, my sister and I, and about something. And the morning that we were going to go and purchase a vehicle, the Lord, I said, Lord, if this isn't the one, like, because us women, we don't know what we're doing when we go get a car. The men were so busy, like, I can't help you, like, they're on your own. So here, us two women, he got a clue. Like, I said, this guy, put the hood up, I want to see the engine. <laughs> like, I knew what I was looking at. Give me a sign. Yeah. And my son.
stomach was just churning after that. I thought, no, it's not right. And I called the police and said, no, it's not the right one. And then after that, she said, Carl, I got the car. <laughs> and everything, it just worked out the way I think God wanted mm -hmm. to. And so he doesn't just care. He cares about every part of us. That's like right. Every, even when we have a want or a desire, if it's in his will, we're going to have it. That's right. And that's what I believe. That's like, right. And so when I asked him, like, Lord, give me a sign, like, I was feeling great until that time, and then I was, I thought I was going to be sick. I thought, nope, nope, we cannot do this. And for that reason, we found something that was so much better. Yeah. We hope it. Just keep praying that when we get it, it's going to keep going. Anyway, thank the Lord for that. Yes. And I thank the Lord that none of my family at Westdale had to test them and all negative. Amen. So I praise the Lord for that. Amen. But I just praise the Lord for the way he, I don't know, he's always there mm -hmm. when we need him. No matter how mm -hmm. big the problem, no matter how great the day we're having, yeah. it's all because of him. It's, he's, mm -hmm. on, he's in every situation. That's right. And sometimes we try to deal things on our own, you know, not knowing what we're doing. Yeah. Until we say, Lord, help us. And then he finally says, okay, I think, thank you for asking me. No, that's not the big problem. <laughs> anyway. I just praise him because he knows what's best for That's us. That's right. And I love him this morning. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that God is a 24-7 God. Mm -hmm. He never goes to sleep. He never takes time off. He never goes on vacation. He's always available. And you know, the good thing about it, God knows what we need before we know ourselves. And uh, you know, we ask him for his help. He'll show up and he'll show us the way. Amen. Amen. Now, to our say, after my stomach was like doing knots, it went away just like that. There you go. No. So you got the vehicle girl that, that God wanted you to get, and I mean, it didn't come right away, did it? It was the last minute. Last yeah. Sometimes I think, God, why don't you just work right up front? But that would make us have no faith, like you know. So. And the tar just come available. It just, they just got it. Isn't that something? Yeah. So I know. It's, it's, it was me. It was from God. It was, definitely. Definitely. All right. Anybody else have any experience like Teresa and Carl? Well, Randy and I always do. Mm -hmm. And not because of us. Not because we're good or great or anything. Except for Randy. But anyway, no, he's... He's always come through for us. Like That's right. Many years ago, I can write you off a list of what he's done for us. And you can't, you tell it to people, but they're like, yeah, it's not just a coincidence. No, yeah. it wasn't. No. There's been too many, too many of so-called coincidences. Yeah. And we smoothly. Yes, it does. Everything falls into place. Yes. Yeah. Over and over and over again. That's right. So I praise him for that. Amen. I remember Cora mentioning when she was praying for a new trailer. And one came about, I think it's the one you have now. Yeah. And uh, over, over and over again. Yeah. I mean, not that we need, the, you know, it's not a need, it, it's, a, it's a want. That's right. But every time, yeah. you know, like I say, we're truly not deserving of it. No. And what does the Bible say? That God gives abundantly more than what we could ever ask or think. So when you realize that you've got a God like that, it's, it's amazing. It totally is. Isn't there a song? Uh, over and over, God 
I can't think. I think it's. I can't. Yeah. I keep falling in love with him. I keep falling. I'm gonna sing that one. I keep falling in love with him over and over. Seems like I always got something I want, I want, I want, or I need, I need, I need. But I think there are just times that he would like for us to come and just take time with him and worship him and talk to him. And that's what this song is about. I 
with you, Lord. Maybe tomorrow there'll be trouble and sorrow and a thousand teardrops may fall. But until I face tomorrow's task, I have no special favors to ask. I just came to talk with you, Lord. How many Troubles brought me to my knees, but I just came to talk with you, Lord. I have no selfish motives in mind, just want to thank you for the other times. I just came to talk with you, Lord. For maybe tomorrow there'll be trouble and sorrow and a thousand teardrops may
seen too much when my brother was in the hospital. It's like, nope, nope, that's it. You're doing that. No. So is there anything else? Pray for Kai, I think. Uh, Kai? George sitting back there and I'm like, God, just, just give me things I need to write down right now. And one of them on here is literally prayer of thanks. <laughs> okay, God, you're listening to us today. There was a big improvement in Trevor Rendian, too. When I talked to his brother, he was on his way to from Halifax to Yarmouth. And I haven't heard it since. Got them down here too. At the churches, our church. In your mother. My mother, yeah. yeah. I also have a praise note and a thank you, Lord, note. Okay. An unspoken prayer. Unspoken. Mm -hmm. I'll ask that you bow your heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now, and you know everything that's written on this card, God. God, you, you knew what was going to be on here before we said it, and God, we just thank you. We ask that you would be with every single name that is on here, that you would be with Trevor, that you would be with Austin, that you would be with Rich, that you would be with Kai, that you would be with Carl and Holly and Jane and Lou and every other name and person we have here, God. God, we just pray that you would be with them. You know whatever the reason is, be with them. And God, we ask that you would be with us as we celebrate those moments of praise and those prayers of thanks, God, for the works that you have done in the lives of those around us in the car, in the answer to the questions, God. God, we just pray and we thank you. We thank you for peace. And God, we ask that you would be with those right now who are dealing with frustration and confusion about everything that's going on. God, be with us. We need you more than ever. God, we pray for the fishermen and the fisheries as it's getting ready to start up and everything that's going on. We pray for those who are going out into the woods to hunt. We pray for the churches that are dealing with the issues that they are right now. We pray for our little church. And God, we pray for the unspoken. God, those prayers that we keep close to our heart that we don't say aloud. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, glad to have you here with us this morning. For those of you who are here in person, for those of you who are listening right now, as it's, I've got the audio going live. If it cuts out, I apologize, uh, but it will be up. I found a very simple way to get it up online to a place. There's a, a site called Anchor. It's a podcast. You can listen to the sermon. 
I got that up. So we are on Anchor right now. Uh, well, not live right now, but we will be later today. You can download, listen to the sermon. Um, and we are under the name Ingemar Faith Wesleyan. We're also filming it, so if it cuts out, I can try to get it up so long as the video decides that the camera does not need to have a mini earthquake inside of itself again. Pray that that doesn't happen. And I will try to get the audio file up on Facebook. They don't let you upload audio. You can do live audio, but you can't upload audio unless you take a picture, put it in, make it the entire slide and trick the system. I did that last week. I was proud of myself. Nobody taught me how. I'm learning electronics. This is getting scary. But no, I'm glad to have you here with us this morning and for those listening and watching later. Um, we finished our sermon series where we were talking about mistakes were made and forgiving others, the art of forgiveness. And we're going to move into another series uh, starting today. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you right now. I have never been this nervous to do a series or a sermon as this one. And I've, had some, I've told some of my friends this and they go, why? This is a topic that a lot of people shy away from. And we're going to get into that. And it's one where I'm going to say some things that I know people aren't going to like it. I, that happens to me on a daily basis. I say hello and people are like, I didn't want to hear that. Okay, then go away. Problem solved. So just be with me because I am fairly nervous right now. But uh, here we go. One of my favorite movies came out in 1996. And it's based off one of my favorite thrilling stories. And it was written in 1907. So this is a movie that came out in 1996 based on a book that actually happened and was written in 1907. The movie starred Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas. And the name of the movie is The Ghost and the Darkness. The book, The Man-Eaters of Savo. And it was written by a gentleman by the name of Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson, a member of the British Armed Forces uh, a, a renowned Irishman, a man of prestige. And the story, as the name suggests, is about man-eaters. Two lions from March to December of 1898 that attacked the British railroad camps in Savo, Kenya. Now, Savo is disputed what the name means, but generally it's accepted and translated as a place of slaughter. Fantastic place to go and visit, isn't it? A place of slaughter. Nope, don't want to do that. What's really disturbing is these two lions killed anywhere between 28 and 135 men from March to December. Didn't kill and eat. Killed. Some they ate. Now, as Lieutenant Colonel Patterson's job was to build this bridge for this railroad, it was also his job to deal with these two lions. And he did. And at one point in his writings, he mentions, the lions turned their full and devoted attention on me. 
they stopped hunting just the men. They were hunting him to the point where they were killing men to lure him out. He was the one thing standing in their way and they decided to hunt him. One of the lions, he actually saw it at one point and he said, you could tell it was fixed on me. It didn't care about anything else. He killed this lion by shooting it and it measured nine feet, eight inches long and took eight men to carry it. These two lions, if you ever want to see them, they are in the Chicago Field Museum currently with their skulls on display as well. The actual lions. Now, this, this story is a fascinating one, and it's a thriller, and when you're listening to the story, there's moments where you get really, really caught up in it. I mean, think about it. These are two lions that are stalking men. They watched the camp. They learned everything they did, where they went, how they acted, when they did it. They knew exactly when to strike. They even at one point hopped over the boma fence, which is made out of a bunch of thorns, walked past the outer line, and took a person from the tent next to where Patterson slept, and walked out as if to show him, nowhere in your little enclosure is safe. These were lions that were starting to act like men. They knew where the weaknesses were. Bible tells us about two lions, or compares two primary characters, very important people in the Bible, to lions. The lion of Judah, Christ. The lion that wants to protect. The lion that is a symbol of majesty and power and authority. And the second one, and he is an important character because he's kind of the antagonist. The lion that devours the devil. It's a symbol of terror. When Stephen and I were trying to fix the um, sound system, I said, lions scare me. He goes, why? It's a quick death. He goes, they're gone. Like, not always. <laughs> Bears, yeah, a bear comes at you, you might be able to scare it. A lion's coming after you, you see that one lion. But where's his five buddies? Lions scare me. I'm not comfortable with big cats. You know, the Bible teaches us that there, are, there is a moment where the, the devil stalks you, just like these lions did. So we end up in this situation of two lions at war. This means war. Tackling spiritual warfare. So how do we deal with it? That's what we're going to look at for the month of October. We're going to look at the issue of spiritual warfare and how do we deal with it. Why do we feel the way we do? What do, what do we need to know about this? And I'm going to warn you right now, there's going to be moments where things are going to get heavy. They're going to get uncomfortable. It's not a pleasant thing. This is a topic that the majority of Christians run away from. No joke. I know pastors that will not even touch this. This isn't the show I'm brave. I am shaking up here. Like, I can feel my legs shaking right now. I know pastors that don't want to talk about this. I know Christians that don't want to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to dive in. No point in beating around. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 
stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a lion, a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stay alert. Be aware of your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. It's not a long passage, is it? It's three sentences. But those three sentences sum up exactly what we're getting into and going through in life. They speak louder than most. It's funny how we can have a sentence or a sent two sentences or a string or a very short st statement that just travels and you know it carries authority. Think about it. Have you ever been in a situation, maybe you're, you're the husband and your wife tells you, no. You know right then and there, do not cross that line. Have you ever been a parent and looked at your kids and said, don't do that? My kids know if I just go, ah, they will stop in their tracks and Noah will go. <laughs> Sometimes he puts his hands on his head. It's like, there you go. You know exactly what's coming. But this is one of those moments where it, it's very short and it's, it's direct. There's no getting around it. But we still get tripped up in it and there's a lot to actually unpack. First thing, that first line, stay alert. This is where I'm going to say something that some people may not like. Not meaning here, but those listening. Some translations put the word, be sober. Be sober-minded. Be of sober character. Be of sober mind. Be sober and alert. That word sober. You'd be surprised how many people immediately take that. Go, oh, see? Alcohol. That's all this is. And it's, it's no fault necessarily of themselves. It's word association. We do it all the time in our culture. Think about this. Have you ever heard, if I say to you, apples, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Cider pie. Do you know the number one thing is oranges? I looked it up. The number one thing apparently is oranges. I was like, wait, what? But the old saying, apples and oranges. We hear it so often that it gets in our mind. If I say super, a lot of people think, man, that man. It's word association. We hear a word and we've got it. It's so connected to something that we can't think of it outside of anything else. Now, I've actually heard people preach on this passage and said, see, it's warning you against the idea of, of, of drunkenness. That's all I'm saying. No. Yes, sober means don't be drunk. But sober also means, and are you ready for this? Be calm. Be unhurried. Be disciplined. Think clearly. Have you ever heard the expression, that's a sobering thought? When somebody is angry, and you've probably seen this in movies or TV or experienced in your own life, you're about to do something, you want to do something, and somebody says something, or you look over and you see the little kid right there, and maybe it's you were filled with anger, it's gone in that instance. It's gone, and you can't figure out why you were going to do that. That's a sobering thought. See, it's warning you about a vice. 
And probably the best way to translate this passage, or another way, think of this. Be still and know that I am God and be alert for the devil. Don't rush into anything. It's not just about one thing. Yes, alcohol might be the vice. It might be that you're acting in anger. It might be that you're acting in jealousy. You're acting in vengeance. You're acting in love or passion or lust or any number of emotions. Or maybe you're just scared or you're confused. I had this thought happen to me this week and I said it to my wife. People always say, my mic is starting to run away from me and I don't know what's going on. I think somebody doesn't want me to talk. That's not what I said to my wife, but she would agree. Um, what I said to her was, people always say, bears are more afraid of you than you are of them. That's a reason to be afraid of the bear. When things, are, when things are scared, they do stupid things, and they act violently, they lash out. The bear is more scared of you than you are of the bear. That's the reason to be afraid of the bear. Clear. Simple. You're not as scared of the bear as you are of him. Okay, you're thinking more clearly than an animal that can get to be 350 pounds around here. Do you want to play a game with a 350-pound animal? No. Look at this. When you're angry, how do you respond? When you're hurt, how do you respond? And you might say, well, Pastor, you said acting in love. How can acting in love be a bad thing? Love can blind you and make you do stupid things and make you do the wrong thing. Have you ever heard the expression, you thought you were doing good? You think what you're doing is good. It doesn't work. This passage is warning you, don't let there be a vice. Don't let there be a foothold. Think about it for just a moment. Something to distract you. Something to consume you. Something to govern you. Don't let any one thing have so much power over you that it could be a way in at you. Think about that for just a moment. The very next verse, it even says right there, because the devil is like a roaring lion seeking those he may devour. If we go back and look at the story of the man-eaters of Sapo, they studied the people. The lions knew exactly when to strike. It says when they entered the camp, they would often roar. Why would it roar? Because it's going to scare you, you're going to run. Now you're separated from the group. Lions hunt by dividing their target. Drive one from the herd, kill that one. Watch out for the devil. Don't let there be that vice so you can be pulled from the herd. The devil is watching you just as much as you are trying to look towards God, or even maybe more. I don't know what the standing is of everybody listening. That's not a shot at anybody. That's, I have to be honest. The devil watches you. He knows what you're doing. The Bible says that he will use whatever he can to get at you. The lions, when they stalked the people in those camps, they knew 
what to do. Think about this. They knew that if they attacked this person and made him scream, there's the chance that Colonel or Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson was going to come out and they could kill him. Who's going to stop them when he's gone? He was the only one fully standing up and ready to take them on. They knew that he was the threat. They need to remove him. My wife had watched a, a video that was put out by National Geographic not long ago, actually this week, and they talked about lions in Tanzania. This lion had killed this man's two children, dragged them outside of the home and laid them there like they were sleeping. So he would go and wake them and it could attack him. The lions were setting traps. They actually were studying people and knowing how to get them. If that doesn't make you uncomfortable, you have a whole different set of nerves than I do. Knowing that there is an animal that is watching me and making sure, seeing, how can I get him? That's, that's terrifying. That's why it's saying, stay sober, be clear-minded, don't make a mistake. Don't let something control you. Don't act in anger. Yeah, you're angry right now? Go over there. Take a moment, sit and pray. Take a moment to relax. You're scared? Okay. Find a way to get out of that fear. Do something. Turn to God. And what's really amazing is the passage right before this, if we look at verse 7, what does it say? Give all your worries and cares unto God, for he cares about you. Okay, one way to make sure that you don't have a vice is turn to God and give your concerns to Him, pray to Him, leave it with Him, trust Him. Great. What's the passage right after this one? Verse 9. Stand firm against Him and He will and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Hey, I'm dealing with something that's making me nervous. What did we do right before this? I got up to preach. Oh, here's the concerns we have in prayer. We came together. We turned to each other. We know we're all facing the same thing. We all came together in one voice and approached God. Two ways to make it that you don't get caught by the lion. Stay alert. Be watchful for the, the great enemy, your devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking those he may devour. Lions are incredibly crafty. They're incredibly smart. Any animal that can set a trap for people. We just think of them normally as dumb, panicky animals. Think about this. They were setting traps. What makes you think the devil isn't going to do greater? He's the lion seeking us. We need to understand, if you're going to hunt the animal, you need to think like it. <coughs> Patterson eventually brought down the two lions because he started to think like them. He used himself as bait. You want to eat me? Fine. Come eat me. And when it came in, he shot it. One shot through the heart. Stopped the lion. Next one took nine shots from three different rifles, progressively getting a larger caliber. Okay, so how do we get a larger caliber? You band together and have more voices as one praying. One voice praying, a hundred voices praying. 
all in unison. Larger caliber. Devil doesn't like when you use big guns. Be alert, be watchful for your great enemy, the devil, for he prowls around like a hungry lion seeking those he may devour. If we're going to get into spiritual warfare, we have to understand there are two lions. There is one that wants to eat you, and there's one that wants to make you a part of his pride. So we have to know which one do we want to follow. Which lion do we want to seek? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for, the, for this day and the fact that even though there is one lion hunting us, there is a greater and stronger one watching over us. You are referred to as the great I am. You are the creator of all things. By the wave of your hand, you cast the devil out. God, be with us as we go through this month, this day, this week, this year, as we look at this topic. Help us to remain strong, to remain vigilant, to pray for one another without ceasing. Be with us, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen.